Drop it, big boy. Polo to the float out. You already know though. It's out on view for real. You see your hoe, just take a photo. I'm repping that's on photo with a fofo on your bro. What's up, gentlemen? What's Welcome back, Chris. Welcome back, Thanks Chris. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Beautiful so, night. So, Raymond, there it is. It's, it's beautifully cold. Yes. It's very chilly up here. I can only imagine. My window is very drafty right now. It's supposed to be really cold tomorrow night. Negative 15. Yep. Yep. That's so what's fun. the news? What's the, what's the big news, what's, bro? Yeah, what's the news? Well, right. There's a lot there was a lot of stuff that happened this week. There was a lot of DC news. We're gonna review The Last of Us because we missed last week even talking about The Last of Us. We're gonna break down last week's episode and this week's ep- epic episode. I want to open up the show with some breaking news in my household. Kevin knows a little bit about this. This during this summer we live in a shitty neighborhood in New Hampshire where people decide that they're gonna throw their cats out when they move because they don't want to take them along with them. <laughs> So, of course, this cat decides to attach to us, and we took her into our home probably about October, and she's been here pretty much, and we, we, and we, turned, her into our, into, we turned her into a house cat for the most part. This cat decided to get out, and lo and behold, this week, I'm going to post a picture in our group. You found the carcass? No. Kittens. Did you look in our group in our group chat? I'm looking right now. Oh, kitten! <laughs> Squeeze one out, huh? Squeeze. Actually, <laughs> Joe, we're getting another cat. <laughs> no, only have only have one kitten. Only only one survived. But yes, we have a kitten in our household. So, did it come prancing back with a kitten in tow, or? How no, did, and did you no. Find it with the kitten. We we stopped letting her out about I don't know however long ago it, t- it takes for a cat to get knocked up. We we kept uh, keeping her inside because it was getting cold out. So we and she's been getting used to staying in here, going in the cat box, and getting used to being a home cat, inside cat. Lo and behold, she gets bigger and bigger and bigger and wider and wider and wider and, wider and hanging down, stomach hanging down to her fucking knees. Don't we all? Well, hey, I, I, that could happen to me too in the winter, but yeah, happen to me right now. Yeah, and, and Monday, Monday morning, as I'm going to work, my my mother's like, "Yeah, Kiki had her. Her name's Kiki, by the way. Kiki had a kitten. I'm like, oh, great." And then there was we had to clean up all the uh, dead ones around the house because she lost three other ones. Yikes! Yeah, Whew. but it's one survived. One, one of them, yeah, speaking of The Last of Us, and uh, one of them survived. We don't know whether, I didn't, I didn't want to touch it yet. It's a, uh, I'm not sure if it's a male or female, but. You should name it Ellie. Ellie, <laughs> the last survivor. Yeah. <laughs> the Last of Us. Ellie or Joel, those are the two names. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my breaking news. Well, congratulations. Nice cat, congrats, dad. Congrats, dad. Congrats, congratulations for taking in a. Uh, <laughs> Scumbag across the street who decided to leave their cat. Good, good job adopting a slut. Yep. Yeah, d- adopting the neighborhood whore. <laughs> but yeah, that's the uh, that's the breaking news I had. Um, 
So yeah, there was a lot of stuff that happened this week. A lot of stuff with uh, DC. We're going to get into it. It's probably going to take us a while because there's a lot of news. Um, but let's jump into the rest of the show. Um, fat fucks. Get into the fat fucks. We don't have Papa John's around here. We talked about it last week, Kevin. Um, but they're yeah. coming out with a crispy Parmesan pizza with a Parmesan cheese crust instead of a uh, uh, bread crust. Yep. Saw that, wanted to mention it. The one thing, that was a quick mention. The one thing that I saw this week that blew my fucking mind. And I don't know if it's around here. I think it may be in the southeast, like Florida, Georgia. Um I'm going to post some pictures of it, but Flip Whip. Have you have you guys heard of Flip Whip or seen the commercials for Flip Whip? I have not. They are they are in these like whipped cream containers, like a squeeze bought like a squeeze can. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You have seen these, I've okay? Seen, yeah, I have seen it. Yeah. Um, they are blue cheese flavored and ranch flavored that you use for dips for wings, pretzels, vegetables, what have you. Putting it in the notes for you guys to see, for Kevin to see. <laughs> Blue cheese in a can? Blue cheese and ranch in a can, yes. I don't know how I feel about that. They're in the notes, you can see them, but they, are, they do come in a uh, squeezable can. And now it's my my <coughs> life my life goal to try to hunt these down and review them for the podcast. <coughs> oh, boy. Well, I'll be in Florida in March, so I'll give a look out for them. Yeah, you better. Yeah, look look around. They're, they, they're exclusive to uh, Walmart down there, I believe, so. If, okay. they do have, oh, if they do have them, they'll be there. Definitely um, down there. Definitely a Walmart. Definitely a Walmart exclusive. So. <laughs> in Florida. Um, in Florida, Florida, of course. Walmart. Yeah, Florida, yeah. Walmart. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's it for fat, fat Fucks. I just wanted to bring those two things up. Um, <laughs> so, let's get into the show. Breaking news this week. The nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame came out. Uh, number one for... Probably us that will care about tribe called tribe called quests nominated. These are the nominations. The actual awards and the actual uh, nominations. The actual people going in won't be announced till May, I believe. And then, of course, the show happens in the spring uh, in the fall and then airs in November on HBO. But um, tribe called quest. Uh, Kate Bush, who was popular this last year from Stranger Things and that song that was in the show. Uh, Missy Elliott, Iron Maiden. Cindy Lauper, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden. These all these are all acts that have been around for at least twenty five years, if not longer, that are finally getting um, getting put in there. But just a few of the names I wanted to mention. Not a lot of big names this year. And besides besides Rage, I mean they've been nominated a bunch of times. This probably will be their year they go in because there's probably. no other no other big X other than that. Um, and Tribe. I think Tribe Call Quest will probably go in, too. Warren uh, Zevon is Warren uh, Zevon, yep. Is getting inducted, and he has one of my favorite songs, Werewolves of London. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a the good only song. song. The only song I really know by him, but uh, as a kid, I always thought that was a, a very good Halloween song. Yep. Yep. Yep, Warren Zevon, finally. But, yeah, I wanted to mention that before we get into what we watched this week. Um, I'm going to start this, I didn't write it in the notes, but I just finished the first season, because I, I told Kevin I was going to start watching it, I watched Shameless, I watched the first season in one week. Um, bad. you know, bad, I got into it, that's why, it's a great fucking show, I can't yep. believe I, I can't believe, Kevin, you didn't tell me to get into this show, you probably did, but. I probably mentioned it, but it, I watched it 
I haven't watched it since like season six came out, probably. Okay, but it's very very good. It's it's hilarious. I think uh, William H Macy is perfect for this show, and the lead actress Emma Rossin or whatever the hell her name is. Yep. She was she was a lead in um, Phantom of the Opera, the remake with uh, Gerard Butler. It came out in like two thousand four, two thousand five. She played Christine in that, but she was in this, and she's naked throughout the whole entire thing. She's fucking hot as hell. But it's it's an amazing amazing show, funny as hell. Lots of drama, comedy. Um, the guy who the guy who's in the bear. That's the whole reason why this came up. And plus, I kept seeing social media posts with little clips of this. The guy who's in the bear plays Lip in this show. He's a, he's a kid at the time. Yeah, looks and the awesome. kid and the kid who plays uh, the Joker in Gotham is in this as yep. well. He plays one of the uh, sons. Yeah, he's the yeah. yeah, great, great fucking show. I'm. Uh, it's all on. It's on all on Netflix, so it's able able to watch it really quickly through that. But um, yeah, great fucking show. I'm um, gonna continue watching that. And, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, last week we completely skipped over, I don't know how we did it, but after we signed off, it's like, shit, Kevin, we didn't even talk about Last of Us. We, we talked See? about so much other shit, we didn't even mention episode two of Last of Us. Yep. So we're going to talk about episode two first. Um, this is a point in the game where I played the game and I gave up on it because I kept dying in that skyscraper where the very first clip clicker attack, and I just yep. gave up on it. I actually started playing it again and I keep dying still. Me so too. I'm probably... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those it's one of those it's one of those things where I'm just not that great at try uh, of... try playing the hardest difficulty it's much more difficult yeah fuck yes. all that in like I, uh, surround sound it's fucking great <laughs> I started playing this so I, I finished the second one probably about a, six seven months ago and then I was saw the show was coming out and I was like oh this is excellent and then because of the show I started playing the first one again and the buttons are all different from you know just slightly off from the second one so I spent the first hour and a half, two hours of the first couple levels of the game just absolutely getting annihilated. And it was funny because I seen a meme that said, nowhere in the show does it show Joel getting killed 19, 20 times before he, <laughs> he responds and finally figures it out. So, yep. uh, yeah, but excellent show. I mean, it's yeah. so far right now, the first three episodes have been wild. Yep. Yep. And this ep- the second episode was all about Tess and her sacrifice um, yep. to save Ellie, um, to get Ellie out of the city of Boston <laughs> and... Uh, they mention, mention the city is Boston in the show. In the game, they don't mention it they, they, at all, do they? That the city is yeah, Boston? Yeah, you're in Boston. They do, ev- they do eventually. So I don't think they do. <laughs> Maybe they do eventually. But um, I know I playing through when I am, they don't really mention it. You see landmarks and stuff that are reminiscent of a Boston landmark, but you don't... Um, they say it as soon as... Um, when the, uh, in the second episode, when the little boy in the beginning comes out of the bushes... It says Boston QZ or something like that. It says it literally flashes across the screen. So they do tell you that it is it is Boston, okay. but I don't think they really say anything uh, other than that after, after the fact. So I know in the game they reference it quite a bit because I mean, yeah. obviously that's where they start. They start, but I think they say it a couple times. Yeah, they definitely um, they definitely do it in the game, and they it's and they definitely point it out with in the show. Yeah, I knew in the show they did in the game. I haven't seen it yet, but maybe I just I may not be far enough yet. Um, yeah. like I'm in the very beginning of the game, so I don't know. Um, but let's get into episode three. Episode three was the, I, I said it on my social. I've said it to Kevin when I first watched it. It is amazing. And it was an amazing episode. It could be the best episode of television I've ever seen. It Likewise. could be, it could be the, it could be up there for Emmy nominations with, with Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Offerman. We'll get into all that, but, um, yep. The uh, the only people that don't like it are insecure men who can't yes. deal with the fact that there's a gay relationship, even though they played the game and that relationship was not really explored, but you knew. 
It was and definitely they, ex- definitely explored. They definitely said it, and, well, they, and they showed it in multiple different ways that Bill was definitely a homosexual. Like, yeah, but I mean, not in this way. No, no, I mean, absolutely not. Yeah, they, they changed, definitely changed the whole story. Yeah. But, and they blame but, it on they blame it on changing the game as why they don't like the episode because the 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 continuity of the game is completely different of what happens in the show. Yeah. And they blame that as why they don't like the episode, but secretly down down below, that's probably the reason is because of the homosexuality. I mean, and what I would say to those people is, as far as the continuity of the game, you could have, if you broke down every chapter of the game, you could have however many episodes broken down of them just running away from, from clickers and yep. infected. Like, you have to tell a story in order to have a show. And even though The Last of Us, and especially The Last of Us 2, which is the only video game that's ever made me like tear up at the end um, when I was done playing The Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. um, but you got to tell a story, and the story in the game was, it was fun to play, but, I mean, it was a little bit of a different character, and I think they did a really good job showing a softer Bill, because in the, the game, in the game, Bill is like, get the hell out of my town. Yeah. You know, he's very Bill much and Ellie hate each other. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and in, the, in the game, he hates Frank. Like, they hated each other, even though they were partners, yep. you know, whatever they had going on in the game. Like, it definitely, he's definitely, yeah, think, like, a much more, you know... Didn't Frank leave, like, a note in the game where, like, yeah, he's I like, that. I hate you, yeah. Bill, blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely just think that the 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 time... So I, I wasn't even focused on the relationship as much as I was just focused on the time that it had elapsed. They did such a great job showing, like, how crazy it's stretched on for 20 years and how much like emotionally um you know at first bill wasn't affected because he's a survivalist and you know i think that in the third episode he you know he finds love and it shows him being scared and having all these other emotions that he never would have had otherwise i mean it's just great it's just great storytelling and for the people who don't like you're not gonna adapt the game word for word line for line right the people the people who have the biggest problem with it are homophobes or yep. they're, yeah. they're people who generally just don't want to see two men. You know, I'm sure if it was two women on there, they'd be like, it was the, oh, it was the greatest game of all time. Like, <clears throat> you know, um, so it just goes to show that, that those people are closed-minded. And it, it's a shame because it's the one, like you, Ray, you hit it on the, the head when you uh, read the episode. It's the, it's the greatest episode of TV I think I've ever seen. And, you know, I've seen a lot of great shows to include The Wire, Sopranos, um, House of Dragon. I mean, you think of some of the, the shows that have come out on HBO. Yep. I mean that's all time to me. So yeah, this yeah, was right. uh, one of the best episodes, probably the best episode of TV I've seen since Ozymandias, uh, Breaking Bad, because um, yep. I love that episode. But like, just in a bottle in a vacuum, this probably is the best single episode of TV ever. Like, if you just take away out of anything out of con- anything in context, just yeah. that episode was just phenomenal. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I have some notes. Uh, I'm gonna break down a little bit of the episode because there's a lot in yeah, it. Go ahead, right? Um. I mean, there's some amazing throwbacks and nostalgia throughout the beginning of the episode when they're traveling from Boston to where this happened within Bill's in Bill's little sanctuary town that he built. Um, you see the Cumberland Farms that was 20 years old, all covered yep. in, in brush and, and grown over. Yep. Um, thought that was really cool. Um, Joel recalling the last days of normal life and the flower theory being proved. We talked about that, I think, last episode, Kevin. The flower yeah. theory, yeah, that's been that's been theorized and, and by the fans, and it was proved in this one. Um, and then episode one, you go back to episode one, and you realize all the times that flower was being handed to Joel and his daughter 
Um, they luckily avoided it. Um, there was a biscuit that was handed to them by the neighbor, and Joel said he was on Atkins, which at the time, and even now, I mean, but at the time in the early 2000s, Atkins was a huge diet where everybody was going going away from grains yep. And, yep. and flour. Um, uh, she couldn't get the birthday cake. Another thing with flour. No pancake ingredients for breakfast. Um, Sarah skips a cookie. There's a whole bunch of stuff that were there where flour was introduced in their lives for that day, so they weren't infected. Um, you see the airplane in the field. Ellie's uh, very naive looking at it, at the world before the fungus outbreak. And uh, she couldn't believe that people actually flew in the sky at the time and asked Joel if he had done that before. He's all multiple times. Um, and then you see the bone graveyard. Um and there's a fantastic transition into a 20-year flashback. You see the Bone Graveyard where you find out everyone was burned to death because they were alive, but they were burned to death because they didn't want them to get infected and turn into these creatures. Um, it was one of my favorite visual scenes of the whole episode. Um, you see the clothing-covered bones transform into the human counterparts wearing the same as they're, as they're being put into this uh, army van in the back of it 20 years ago um, where in this town where Bill lived. Um, and Bill, another casting, perfect casting choice with Nick Offerman. Um, this show has great casting. This is another example of it. Um, and like I mentioned in the beginning, he's with his performance in this whole entire episode, he's got to get some sort of a nomination, an Emmy, a Golden Golden Globe, whatever whatever is available for his acting performance, he needs it. Um, and his his Doomsday Prep, it's like an adult. He turned this whole thing, the whole entire town, to an adult home alone. He put bombs everywhere. He put booby traps. He he did all. He has cameras everywhere. He's he's living. He he, he when the when everything went down and, and the whole entire world got taken over by this virus or this nobody likes. It. By the way, the internet hates that it's called the virus. It's a fungal fungal mutation, or the fuck you want to call it, but. Um, he ends up going to a Home Depot, gets supplies, filling up gas barrels and gas stations. Um, he's stealing vehicles. He's stealing a boat because he wanted a boat from the neighbor's yard. It's pretty fucking awesome. And the whole entire town, he turns it into his own private, like, war fort. For, he fortifi fortifies it. Uh, barricades and arms the whole entire town with booby traps, bombs. Anything that will kill these creatures from coming in and penetrating his own personal well-being. Um, and, and he's able to survive for 20 years, and uh, he ends up meeting Frank. Bill and Frank, um, like you mentioned before, there's a lot of differences between this and the game. Um, a different outcome. Um, Bill survives in the game, and he doesn't in, in this, but spoiler alert. Um, and then he, he ends up meeting Joel and Tess. I don't know if that happens in the game the same way, where Bill and Frank meet Joel and Tess. Does that happen in the game as well? No. It doesn't. So this is a whole other new flashback in, too. In the game, it's it's just um, Bill asks about Tess multiple times, you know, and essentially Joel just never tells him that okay, she's dead. Happens. He just he, yeah, Bill just keeps saying, "God damn it, where's Tess?" Right. You know, da da. You know, what do you what do you got yourself into? Da da. But Bill Joel never tells him in the game. Okay. So it, it happens a little bit differently. Like there's no sit down. So I mean, but obviously they have to tell a story, you know. So. Um, yeah, just a little bit different. There's a few things in there that were different. One one thing that did irk me is that they said it was ten miles outside of Boston, and I was yeah. like, "Where where are you finding a luscious forest like that?" Ten miles. I mean, <laughs> I had to really think about it. I'm like, I don't. I, is he in summer? Like, he can't be in Mefford or or <laughs> like is he in the stone, by the Stone and Zoo? Like, where? I think Stephen this? King said the same thing. Yeah, I had that in yeah. the notes. I had that in the notes. Too. Oh my, um, bad. my bad. No, no, it's cool. No, it's cool. Um, but yeah, it, it reinforces Joel's mission um, to save Ellie. Um, and it reinforces and strengthens um, 
where he learns the fate and sacrifice and salvation that Bill and Frank use that had. What happens at yeah. the end of the episode? Um, a masterful love story, um, storytelling not seen on television in a decade, maybe ever. Um, Nick Offerman deserves an Emmy. That was my last note, and uh, he had an un- unbelievable f- performance from yep. everybody in this show. Um, Murray and Bartlett. We- oh, oh, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Murray Bartlett as as Frank. Um, he was in White Lotus, um, uh, the first season of White Lotus, and he was outstanding in that. Um, I mean, even though he had a very small role, um, but just a really good actor and, and somebody who had great chemistry with Nick Offerman. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I, I couldn't get over it. It was it was such a great story and just how they framed it and it was poignant and it, you know, you literally see them over tw- the course of like what maybe fifteen years because they don't meet until about four or five years into it. Yeah, um, yeah, he's already just been there a, for a while. Yeah. yeah, just how time hits you hard and you know I, I especially like the way that everything just seemed like it was run down towards the end um, because it was like he couldn't take care of you know he was struggling to take care of himself and just it was just it was excellent so. Yeah. And we didn't mention last week, we forgot to mention anything about Last of Us, but it was picked up for a season two. Um, we already kind of figured that was going to happen with the yeah, way with this, Abby. the ratings and everything's happening. And Yeah, they're going to have uh, the Abby storyline, so which is going to be phenomenal because, I mean, that, that made the whole thing great. And, yeah. and what I really appreciated about the games is obviously the storytelling in the games because you don't really get that in a lot of video games um, where the story is just as good as the game itself. You know, so you have, you know, obviously it's, uh, you know, it takes a long time to play that game, especially on hard. Um, yeah. But as you're going through and the storyline hits and you're watching it, it's like, wow, like, and the way, like, the different characters, like Ellie versus Abby. So very excited about season two. Um, I don't know who they're going to get to play Abby because she was like a diesel, some diesel female. So maybe uh, like Beth Phoenix or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, one last thing that, that we watched, I don't know, Chris, probably you did watch it too, but on Netflix, uh, you people, did you end up watching that, Chris? Yeah, I've watched a little bit of it, and uh, I was telling Kevin before the uh, thing, I mean, I've just kind of seen that storyline played over and over again. We were talking about the uh, Aston Kutcher, Bernie Mac movie. Yes. Um, yeah. I forget what the name, we, I, we just said it, and I... Uh, I guess, uh, guess, it's Guess Who, guess, it, guess was who. Like, it was based off the, re- it was a remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with uh, Sidney yep. Poitier, I think, Yep. Uh, back in the 60s. Um, so... But yeah, it was Jonah Hill. He wrote it with Kenya Barris, who created Blackish. Um, he uh, he directed this as well. Um, I thought it was a great mix of humor and but and, and downright cringe moments. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I could see I could see how a lot of people wouldn't like it though. Um, wouldn't be their cup of tea. And Jonah Hill with his with his hair choice in this. He's, yeah, he's, I don't know. Yeah, what he was thinking with that. Yeah. I thought it was just okay. Yeah, very very average. Um, like I was telling Chris, like. I wish we got more of, like, the Jonah Hill scenes from, like, of course, he had great chemistry with Ice Cube at 22 Jump Street. Yeah. Like, I thought that was a much better, and that was only, like, one or two scenes yeah. of it. Um, but, yeah, it was just very okay. Yeah, it, it's just, um, I don't know what happened to Eddie Murphy. Um, I mean, obviously, he wanted to make things for his kids, and when you have that type of money and, uh, you know, immense talent, because he was in some movies where he was a really good actor, like Life. I mean, I know a lot of his stuff had, you know, almost always has comedic, you know, undertones and things like that. But it just, it just wasn't it. I mean, it's just one of those. It was a goofy movie. You know, Jonah Hill's funny. I mean, he's funny. It was all right. I mean, it was nothing special. Nothing that I watch again, certainly. No. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, it was decent enough to watch, but it wasn't. It wasn't like one of my favorite comedies ever made. But 
Yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it after the podcast last week. I, I turned it on and watched it all nice. in, in one setting. So um, that's it for what we watched. So let's jump into the big news of the week. Let's jump into the news. We've been teasing it. They've been teasing it. James Gunn has been teasing it. And finally, a couple days ago, he released the slate to DC's first Chapter 1. DC Studios Chapter 1, titled Gods and Monsters. We're going to get into the details, and then we're going to give our opinions after, because there's a lot of details. A lot of uh, a lot of things was revealed. Only part of this is, by the way, this is only part of Chapter 1. This is even the complete chapter. It's just uh, part of it. There's still more that's going to come out, but this is probably another three or four years worth of films and television. Yep. So. Um, we'll get into it. We'll get into it a little bit. Um, I probably should have. <laughs> I probably should have done this a little bit more uh, straight lined as far as the notes are concerned. But um, there were five films and five television shows revealed. Uh, first one being that actually was given a date of July eleventh, twenty twenty five. So a little bit over two years from now is the reboot of Superman. It's called Superman Legacy. It won't be an origin story, which has already been revealed by James Gunn before, but um, it'll be a new Superman story, a brand new, younger Superman. That's why that's why Henry Cavill was taken out of the picture. Um, and yeah, uh, it focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Um, and uh, of course, James Gunn is set to to write it. They're trying to get him to direct it as well. Um, but I don't know if he's if he's as busy as it looks he, like he is doing this uh, behind the scenes shit. I'm not sure if he'll want to go into that or not, but we'll see. Um, he also put a uh, Twitter poll up saying, "Do you want trunks or no trunks on Superman?" A lot of people <laughs> are saying trunks because it's the iconic look of Superman. Um, I'm kind of on that camp as well, um, but we'll see. But another another movie that was announced was The Authority. Never heard of them. But uh, it's supposed to be one of their most violent projects yet, is what yeah. they said. Um, Everything I've heard about it is it's like The Boys, before The Boys. Yes. That's yeah, it's, what it's I've heard. Better. I've also heard people saying that they think this might be the first big bad for the Justice League to team up and go against Okay. Um, in this universe. Um, but because they're very gray matter, I think the two leads are um, gay or whatever, uh, homosexual. And uh, I've heard... I mean, I know nothing about them outside of what I've heard people that actually yeah. know about them talk about. It's like the boys with, you know, it should be rated R, but who knows. You're going to notice a lot of that in this too. There's a lot of obscure things. We'll get into the idea of that as well after we're done with this. But there's a lot of obscure kind of Guardians of the Galaxies being, 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 um, not, uh, not connected, being, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking at? It's being brought up. Compared? Compared, yes. Jesus Christ. It's being compared to Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, a lot of these uh, other uh, smaller groups. Um, we'll get into that at the end after we go over everything. But the next uh, movie they're talking about coming out, Batman, Brave and the Bold, Father and Son story with another iteration of Robin coming in, Damian Wayne's. Uh, Damian Wayne. Yes. Not Wayne's. That's the Wayne's brother. Very excited for that. Uh, me too. New Batman, of course, being cast separate from the Joker, separate from yep. the Robert Pattinson's Batman. Um, and this is going to be including the members of the Batman family, the Bat yep. family. Be Nightwing, so we'll get Nightwing, Red Hood, probably oh. Barbara, Barbara Gordon, 
and probably in the wheelchair if this if this is a Batman that's been around for a while, which it sounds like it will be. Um, there's basically no origin stories in this whole entire plan. We'll get into that too when we talk about everything and break it down. But um, yeah, getting another actor to play uh, to play Batman, um, and they're saying that Robin is a little son of a bitch, an assassin and yep. a murderer. Um, this this type of this type of Robin hasn't been seen in the movies, so it'll be interesting to see Ooh, what happens uh, on screen. What was the name of that character in Peacemaker? The little oh yeah, it was Judo. I could see yeah. them writing Robin, writing Damian Wayne's like Judo, where he's kicking people's asses and he's like eating a bag of chips, because Damian yeah. is a, Damian's a prick. And of course, Damian Wayne's the son of uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne, and, and Talia. Talia. Or, yep, uh, who we've seen in Dark Knight Rises. Um, next movie, Supergirl. Uh, it's going to show a more, much harsher version of the character. Not They haven't said if it's going to be the same Supergirl that's in The Flash, if it's the same actress, or they're going to recast it or not. But, um, of course, the first time we're going to see a Supergirl on big on screen besides the one in the 80s is going to be and in The Flash. It's being written by the guy that did the comic book run that it's based on. Yes, yep. He was also attached to do the uh, New Gods movie at one point yes. when Snyder was still doing that. But yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I mean, if you already if you already know the story of Supergirl, it's uh, Superman's cousin, and it's gonna be her story coming to Earth. And uh, it's called Super Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, is what they're calling it. So, um, and Swamp Thing. Uh, swamp Thing is a swamp creature, DC dark universe horror universe, if you want to say. Um, uh, they're gonna they're gonna explore dark origins of the character. Um, I believe it's one of James Gunn's probably passion projects, including yeah. a couple of the other ones. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, and James Mangold has Mangold has teased his involvement in it too. I think they want to yes. uh, hire him as a director. I like um, that. I like yep. that idea. I liked Del Toro also, or James Wan, but I yes. would definitely see it with Mangold. Yep. And then they released five television shows. Uh, this is another one that's kind of obscure called Creatures Commandos. It's going to be an animated series for HBO Max. However, the voice actors that they hire for the show are also going to be involved live action. So they're going to have double duty, eventually yep. going to show up as live action iterations of these same exact characters are going to be in these, this animated series. And they've already cast one of them. They have, yes. Because um, uh, he, he was in Suicide Squad. Yes, and one of the, yeah, one of the characters <laughs> in Suicide Squad is in this as well. Um there's gonna be there's gonna be a well speaking of Suicide Squad there is a uh, Amanda Waller show, um, it's a Suicide Squad and Peacemaker follow up series spinoff um, with um, uh, Viola Davis coming back to reprise her role. Um, it's the it's pretty much the uh, spiritual sequel to Peacemaker. Um, it's not doing a Peacemaker season two at the moment. Uh, a lot of Task Force X uh, will be in this show as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure James Gunn's uh, real life wife will be part of it. I'm sure the daughter Vigilante I, Vigilante will probably be a I part of it. I need more of him. <laughs> I'm not sure. It'd be pretty cool if John Cena was a part of it, but I don't know. I'm sure he'll make an appearance. He probably will. But um, and the big show, the, the, not the big show from WWE, but the big show that everybody has been talking about for years that they want to see is Lanterns. Um, revamped uh, Green Lantern. Revamping it for a television series on HBO Max is going to be starring um, Hal Jordan, who we saw Ryan Reynolds play in the 2011 movie, and for the very first time on screen, John Stewart, who would have been in the, the Snyder. Wayne Justice T. League. Carter was cast as him. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's going to be more along the lines of a uh, of a mystery. 
um, more they they kind of uh, they kind of connected to uh, uh, not connected, but they kind of um, say it's going to be like True Detective. It's going to be okay. a, uh, an opera, and and set on the set on the set on the world instead of being in space, it's going to be set terrestrial. Um, it's going to be an investigation story of some sort. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, another TV show, Wonder Woman prequel series, Game of Thrones style is what they're calling it, um, called Paradise Lost. Um, uh, like I mentioned, Game of it's going to be kind of Game of Thrones ish, um, is what they said. Um, you're going to see the it's going to be before the birth of Diana, who ends up being Wonder Woman. Um, it's going to show this all this whole group of Amazonians and how they're living on Themyscira, and uh, not sure how that's going to invest. How that's going to uh, involve Wonder Woman and whatnot, but uh, yeah, we lost Chris, but we'll, we're going to keep going. Um, Booster Gold TV series explain uh, is uh, done by James Gunn, and uh, yeah, Booster Gold. I don't know much about the character. I know he's a very, very much a uh, fan favorite. All right, up along yeah. the lines with Deadpool. Um, I, I believe he's a uh, comedic character. He comes from the future, I believe. Um, yes. And he's kind uh, of a loser from the future who comes back with future technology and pretends to be a superhero. That's basically yep. all I know. Yeah, that's basically it, uh, from what I understand. He, uh, Of course, everyone wants Chris Pratt, but I think Chris Pratt's too old. I think they're going to cast that. somebody in their mid to late 20s. Yeah, I hate, well, no, I if hate you, that. If you, no, Booster Gold is like, it is Chris Pratt. It's yeah. like saying Ryan Reynolds is Daredevil. Okay. Like, that's exactly the type of character that Booster Gold is. But yeah, that's basically the whole entire uh, map of the first two chapters. Yeah, it looks like we lost Chris for the rest of the episode. We can't get him back on. But we'll continue our talk. Um, so yeah, that's the slate. That's the TV shows. That's the movies that were announced. Um, they announced that they already have two chapters planned out for another eight to ten years of projects. Um, this is only part of the first first chapter. Um, yep. And uh, what a yeah. What surprised you the most? What surprised you the most? Um, as as a lot of uh, obscure things in the beginning. Um, let's get into our opinions of it, okay? Now that yeah. we got the whole slate okay. out there, for a number one, you mentioned the chapter thing is stupid. I agree, especially now after seeing the slate and also knowing that these characters are not in their beginning of the story. They're already developed characters: Superman and Batman, most iconic of this group, already developed, already already been. In, in play for a while. If anything, they should have went the Star Wars route and called this, like, Chapter 4. <laughs> and they could have had a prequel series earlier on, but um, I understand why they started at Chapter 1. They're trying to tell a story, which is fine. Trying to start a, trying to start a story at a new chapter. Um, but I think there's too many obscure projects right now. Yes. James Gunn pulling his Guardians of the Galaxy duty a little too close to the vest where he's trying to make a movie that's like Guardians of the Galaxy or movies or projects like that with these obscure groups that are in this in this and Booster Gold being in the first chapters it'd be like putting it'd be like putting Guardians of the Galaxy in the first phase of phase of Marvel basically is how I how I picture it putting characters like this that have never been on screen and trying to develop this new new group of characters no origins at all the only the only ones getting an origin weirdly enough is Wonder Woman which is I strange. Think Booster Gold might be somewhat of an origin because they have to explain the character more. Yeah. Um, and, and TV and, series, and, so you can do it. 
uh, over the course of a season. And I think Swamp Thing will be as well. And it's weird yeah. because we, we know we're going to get into it in the news. It's all, everything's in here, but the Flash is going to reset everything. So we already yep. know that there's going to be a lot of universes that are going to collide and create a new universe or universes, multiverses, or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's going to be after after the Flash. So. Yep. Um, but yeah... Um, I'm uh, surprised at so many TV shows, to be honest. Um, I know he wrote Creature Commandos, and I feel like he wrote that, I think it's only seven or eight episodes, just to have something out possibly by the end of next year. Yes. Um, so I think that's part of it, because they can do the animation. That could easily be out in fall at the latest of next year, um, just to stop people from waiting and stuff like that. Uh, a lot more, a lot more spinoffs of Peacemaker than I expected as well. I didn't expect yeah. uh, Amanda Waller to be a part of this, and I also yep. didn't expect uh, this uh, this group, this Commandos group that you talked about, being a connection to uh, Peacemaker as well, or uh, Suicide Squad, the, the remake of yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, it's, it's very, weird. Very strange. It's weird seeing Swamp Thing in there. Um, yeah, Booster Gold, I'm okay with because uh, people have been wanting him for a long time. Even though we haven't really been readers of his comics, he's no. been like a fan like pick for since Snyder took over, basically. Um, Paradise Lost, I'm a little confused about. And don't really. Care yeah, it's it's, too much confu- about. it's confusing to have an origin of Wonder Woman and what's supposed to be the beginning of a story having a Wonder well, Woman. Well, it's not origin. really. It's not her origin. It takes place like a thousand years before her, or something like oh, that. Oh, is that what it is? That what it is? Yeah, I thought it's, it was it's right way before. before it's oh, way okay. before her, um, or a hundred years before her. Um, okay, so but, if, they, if they do that, whatever the big bad's going to be will probably be multiple generations. Of, I was going to say uh, it could be like Atlanteans or like lanterns, right, even. Right. Right. Um, right. Hmm, interesting. So yeah, it's it's way before. Wonder Woman, and I think the reason why they haven't talked about Wonder Woman or Aquaman is, I think they're still trying to figure out if Gale's going to be their Wonder Woman or not. I don't know if they know that. Um, as far as Aquaman is concerned, they're not going to drop any Lobo news with the Aquaman movie coming out right at the end of the year. Same thing is they're not going to fire Ezra before right. the movie comes out because that just shits on themselves yeah, basically we'll, we'll get into so, the answer we'll get into oh, all will, the Ezra, but, <laughs> Ezra Miller stuff in a minute but uh but yeah, uh, Raven the Bull I'm pretty happy about I'm, yep. I love the Damian Wayne because that means you can have a Red Hood out there yep. and eventually do the Red Hood story yep. um if you wanted to uh Nightwing and will the, be out there and so. the Batman the Batman story has been explored so many different angles at this point yeah. in 20 30 years 30 yeah. years yeah so it's it's a good Fresh take. Batman is one of those characters where it needs a fresh take. That's fine. Yeah. It already has and Batman. And also, this way you can do more of the, uh, I don't want to say obscure, but the the sci-fi aspects of Batman's yes. rogue gallery where you can get, like, Clayface or, you That'd know, cool. whoever. That'd be um, really cool. Because you can do that with it not being so grounded, not as, you know, like, like you couldn't do that with the Nolan films, obviously. Yeah. You're definitely not doing that with the Reeves films. So... Yeah, I definitely, I definitely get the feeling that this is going to be more supernatural than any other iteration Especially of Batman. Especially with Swamp Thing, which yes, could yeah. be rated R, for crying out loud. Yep. But um, they're saying that they're aiming for two movies and two HBO series per year. Good yep. good aim. Uh, Marvel is a little it, bit ahead of that, but they've also been around for ten. Almost that doesn't movies. mean just DCU movies. It means the uh, other movies like The Batman, which is what they're counting on, and that and Superman are coming out in 2025. Yep, yep. Um, they're also, they also said that uh, they're putting screenwriters first to fix the once-fucked-up DC Studios plan 
Um, they want the writers to be more prominent and more more important more important in the process of uh, <laughs> and yeah, story. Unlike time. unlike Disney and Star Wars, they're not going to announce a project unless the script is finished. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but they're but they're reportedly lo- looking to lock in actors for ten year contracts as part of this big huge plan that they have. Um, they they want them to have decade long contracts because there's going to be a big huge story. That's they're trying to tell this long story. So and that, that kind of it, it's that hard to get actors. Me. It's hard to get actors to commit to something that long because it is yeah. a it is a commitment to an actor who wants to make it big, but it's a lot of fucking money. I'm sure they're gonna get a lot of back end towards the end if it that's, does. It does that's have success. It. It's gonna be. It's going to be all yep. back-end. Because yep. Marvel made all their money because they paid nobody on their first contract. Yep. That's how they made all their money. Yep. So it's definitely going to be tied into the back-end. Lots of percentages. And, this, yep. and with the whole Elseworlds idea, too, is so you have an actor like a Jacqueline Phoenix who would never sign a five, six, seven movie deal or 10-year contract, whatever. But if you can get him for, like, two movies, three movies, then you can get that actor into the DC universe and into the studio. And that's what we didn't. The other thing we didn't talk about. I think it's further on than in the notes, but we'll talk about it now. But the worlds that are out of this universe. This is a this is a continue. This is a connect connected universe that they announced these five these yep. five movies and five TV shows. But the world like the Batman, the world like uh, the Joker, and other projects that are kind of related to that are going to be outside of this. Are going to be called the Else Worlds, like the comics. Mm-hmm. Going to be the DC Else Worlds universe, which is cool. I'm glad they did that. I think that's the best out of all everything. That's the best news they they made. Um, I've said that for a while. I think we mentioned it on the podcast. It should be called Elseworlds, so that's great that yep. they actually uh, they actually uh, adapted to that. So that's cool. Yep. Um, they also explained the gaming strategy. Um, it's not going to be like the 2000-style uh, game-to-movie adaptations um, where you saw the Wolverine game, which was really cool back in the day. Oh, the Spider-Man games back in the day. The Spider-Man um, ones were good. It's, it's going to be more like a storytelling of in-between stories. Like You have the Superman story and you have the, the Supergirl story. But maybe there'll be a story in between. They mentioned Crypto the Super Dog, which would be kind of fucking weird, but there could be a game based off of that that could be connected in the in, in between that'll be connected to the story, but separate. And they'll right. have the same voice actors in that as well. Very ambitious plans for the games, by the way. You don't hear you don't hear about that being connected to the movie universe and the TV universe. This is the very first time they've done this. DC, at least. Um, but yeah, um, they just want to put the em- emphasis on the storytelling in the universe as, as opposed to individual movies and televisions, which has been DC's uh, plans yeah. for a very long time. They had they had the CW, they had the HBO Max stuff, then they had the movie stuff. It was all separate universes. Fucking weird. But now it's all connected, which is very cool. And as much as they say the CW stuff wasn't canceled because of this, bullshit. Because they're putting all of their money into this whole entire shared universe that they're doing right now. Um... The CW stuff, you mean like Doom Patrol? Yeah, all the CW, you mean the HBO, HBO stuff? Max, yeah, everything that's, that was before Except this. Except for Pennyworth, I just think that they're not, they canceled Pennyworth because nobody, was nobody watching watched it. it. Yeah, and also, Martha Wayne gives birth to a daughter on the show, so there's that issue that people had with it. Um, but they're saying, uh, they also mentioned a few things uh, that happened in the last year before they took over and when they took over. And one of the big things was the Batgirl being canceled and thrown in a vault. Um, and they, and Peter Safran says they saw it, and it was not releasable. Um, and basically, it wasn't that a movie was bad. It was just they filmed it on a television budget. So it yeah. didn't have the feel of a movie budget, so they couldn't put it on the big screen. Did you read some of the script? It, no. It felt like it was written by a CW writer. 
Okay, so yeah, it was <laughs> it was basically it was basically a television movie, and yeah. it couldn't it couldn't be adapted to a movie. It couldn't be adapted to a big screen. And the directors Didn't, of it are pretty good. They're the yeah. guys that did the the Miss Marvel show. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're doing something else too. I just heard this week, and I can't remember what the hell it was. But but yeah, they said it would if if they had released the movie, it would have hurt. It would have hurt that. It would have hurt the the whole entire DC franchise if they had released it. So, kind of kind of weird to still be talking about it. But let's get into the the one of the big things that he announced. Let's get into this first. I claim my Fourth Amendment rights. Not be searched and seized. Please do not touch my ring. A scarlet costume ejects from his ring. Hey, you just touched my penis. And in a blur of motion, police scientist Barry Allen becomes. The Flash. Tell me your name and your badge number now. World's fastest human. The Flash, whose speed enables him to vibrate through solid walls and conquer the barriers of time and space. I'm not transgender, non-binary. I don't want to be searched by a man. In the pursuit of evildoers. Those are nerf bullets. Thank you for letting me. They're fake and they're a toy. The Flash. Scarlet Speedster for justice. The Flash ring means a lot to me. Anytime I can take out that theme song, I'm going yeah. to. And this is perfect. They'll never not be funny. <laughs> There's a perfect poignant point for this. So they finally they finally gave an official word on Ezra Miller. Um, Ezra Miller, of course, we've been talking about him for the last year since we pretty much started this podcast because that's when he went off the rails. But yeah, they said to blame. They said he's in recovery and he's committed to recovery. And when he's out of recovery. Um, that's when they can make the decisions of what happens with the Flash character moving forward, and they're still committed to Ezra Miller, which is crazy because of all the shit that went down in the last year. But they are committed to the Flash, and they're and, and James Gunn said he's committed to Ezra Miller being the Flash, which is crazy. But and they're also saying that this Flash movie is <sighs> going to be huge. Yeah. Even they, even James Gunn said that the movie is one of the best comic book movies he's ever seen. So and I and I do trust James Gunn. So if uh, if Ezra Miller is still the Flash in a second movie, I will shave a lightning bolt into the side of my head for at least two weeks. Okay, I will note that. So jot that down. But uh, yeah, they they feel that that he's making or they are making an enormous progress in his recovery, and they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of. Uh, they want to hope that he'll be in a, on, a, on a good path when he comes back. And they also confirmed that his movie is going to reset the entire DC Universe. And that's going to be the key of, the, of this DC Universe going forward, I believe. They haven't announced it, but I have a feeling that when we see the new Superman, it's because of what happens in The Flash. I don't know what's happened in the reshoots. We don't know much about the movie other than Michael Keaton coming in. And we know there's going to be multiple yeah. universes, multiple Flashes, multiple characters in general. The Flash um, is going to be a bad guy also. Yep, That's, and there's gonna be a dark flash, yeah. and, and and it's a lot of a lot of cool stuff's gonna happen in it, um, and it comes out in, in this year and a couple in a few months. So looking forward to that, a big reset. It's gonna it's gonna kind of end the Snyderverse, but create new po- pockets of the Snyderverse that are still gonna be around, where they can still have Mandel Waller. They can still it's 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 gonna yeah. be a weird connected universe, but we'll see what happens. Um. And also, James Gunn teased the future of Michael Keaton's Batman. Um, he's saying there's all, there's always possibilities of him possibly returning. We, they are still going to be in a multiverse. Um, but the main thing is they're focused on creating a universe that people put their feet into. 
And uh, they want to have multiverse tales, is what they call it. Multiverse tales they're working on, um, and that's where they would put him in. So we'll see. And there's going to be different multiverses. Maybe they'll maybe they'll do a Batman Beyond, which would be fucking cool if they decided to do that in, in, the, yep. in one of these That'd be chapters. Perfect. Um, that would have to be an Elseworlds, Elseworlds story. Yep. That would be really cool to yep. see Michael Keaton do that yep. and bring back Will Friedle. They also con- they also confirmed that uh, the director of uh, the Flash, uh, what's his, I can't I can't remember her name, but he did he did the It movies, um, but he's re- he's returning um, to do now. Muschietti, Andy Muschietti. Yep, yep. Uh, he's returning to do other DCU projects, so he is he is confirmed to do other shows or TV show or movies yeah. or animation especially, or whatever. Especially if he did a movie that's supposedly one of the best comic book movies ever, why wouldn't you be like, here's another project? Sign or, him up. Immediately. What do you want? What do you want? Here's our first slate. You choose. Yeah, put him put him in a contract right Fucking, away. Give him the Green Lantern show. He'd probably do a great job. Yeah. But there is also uh, some uh, pop figures that leaked this week for The Flash. Um, showing some characters that could be cut out of the movie because they said Wonder Woman was cut out. But in the back of this pop figure, they, they show The Flash. They show, they show General Zod. They show Wonder Woman. They show Barry Allen. Uh, different different uh, versions of The Flash, but Barry, Barry Allen. Um, they show this Dark Flash character who's going to be the villain of the movie. Um, I don't know why they didn't call. I don't know why they don't have Reverse Flash in this, but I I don't know. Um, they show the Supergirl who's going to be in it, Iris West, of course, um, and they show the both Batman's Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, who we already knew had filmed scenes for this in the very beginning. Um, we knew that we knew that um, that Ben Affleck was a part of this story, um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, and like we mentioned, the DC Elseworlds stuff, the, the stories outside of the universe will be called that. The Joker, Batman 2, the Black Superman movie still in effect will be a part of this as well. And Teen Titans Go movie will be a part of this as well. Um, this DC Elseworld, Elseworlds branding that will be a part of the movies and TV and whatever else they do. Um, and the other news, the Batman Part 2 announced October 3rd, 2025. Um... We already knew it was going to happen, but also mentioned that they they want to make a they're planning on making a trilogy of films, um, an overall crime saga, um, totally disconnected from the DCU, of course, in this Elseworld story. Um, but yeah, it's confirmed for another year, two and a half years yep. from now. So, and now that Matt Reeves knows he doesn't have to throw every single thing he can into a movie, it'll probably be much more crisp, much like The Dark Knight was versus Batman Begins. He'll learn from his mistakes and uh, go from there. I'm excited for it. Yep. And the um, Penguin yep. Show should be out next year also, too. Yeah, the, yep, the, pe- the Penguin Show is also part of this uh, plan. They didn't they didn't mention it too much in the in this in the articles. No. They did a they did a ton of press for this, so that's where I get all these that's where I get all these articles for this. But um, they also mentioned Jason Momoa and the Lobo rumors. Uh, you kinda mentioned it before. Um, but they said Jason will not play two characters despite what you guys may think. Um, but they're really happy with him. Um, but it's it's too early to tell what they're gonna do. Um, but Jason Momoa always thought Aquaman was going to be a trilogy in his own mind is what they said but he loves Lobo and they know that um, he's been very clear about that and he wants to play the character but he's never going to play both characters and no mm. decisions have been made yet of what's going to happen so it seems like they maybe, don't want maybe the end or towards the end of chapter 1 you get the third Aquaman and then he ends up as Lobo at some point maybe in chapter 4 I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't that's, know. that's a long time down the line so it's really hard to think about but uh it's just so weird because the way he was acting in that video, it's like he got the Lobo job. It's not like he got the news that he wasn't being fired. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I don't think he would act that that way um, over just being told that 
Aquaman will continue, but maybe he was that pumped about Aquaman continuing that it wasn't being canceled. Yeah. And that maybe things will happen to the Flash that will reset things with Aquaman. Maybe he hasn't met Mira yet now, so the whole first Aquaman movie didn't happen. Atlantis looks different, stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we see. We won't know until the Flash. We'll have to, yeah, we won't know anything until the Flash. Yeah, the Flash is pretty much the end of Snyderverse, beginning of everything else, so we'll see. Um, they also mentioned Henry Cavill and how he was not just fired, but he just wasn't hired. They didn't hire yeah. him for the movie, and they also were talking about how DC execs dicked around with him, which is what we all thought to begin with. Um, and uh, James Gunn kind of blasts the, the people before him, talking about how they dicked around Henry Cavill and how they pretty much embarrassed him. Um, yep. and he's, and they've, and of course been taught, they've talked to Henry Cavill about projects before, before this uh, whole press event happened and, uh, they still want to be working with him in some, who knows, way, they could form. do a, a red sun elseworld story yeah, or something. Yeah. Who knows? It's all about making money at this point. Since yeah. they have the elseworld, they have the elseworld banner. They can do whatever the fuck they want and still make a ton of money and put, they can put yep. a lower budget in there and do some crazy shit. So yeah, like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, they're working, and they also mentioned that they're working with Ben Affleck to do a some sort of a director, or uh, they want them to direct. He wants they want them, him to direct one of the projects, um, and they talked to him about that. I hope it's Batman. Um, his script be, involved Deathstroke, which is a big part of um, the Brave and the Bold or the the Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne um, stuff. So I could see maybe adapting his script. They've already paid for the script. So they might as well adapt it a little bit more and just yeah, I wonder if change it up. The, I wonder if the Brave and the Bold will be the movie he directs because that would be a pretty interesting uh, yeah dynamic. They already have a script that's they could easily just move things around. I mean, they have some time, so why not have him direct a movie with Batman? Interesting. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Pennyworth. It was canceled after three seasons on HBO Max. I'd never seen one episode. <laughs> it was on. It. it wasn't even on HBO to begin with, though. It was on. It like, moved over. Yeah. Was it on like it wasn't on Tubi? It was on. Um, it was a weird ch- epics or one of those weird epics. Uh, it was on epics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, also, Superman and Lois expected expected to continue for one or two more seasons as well. It's another CW show, Superman show. Yeah. Um, uh, that'll be over before his Superman movie comes out, so he doesn't care about it. Yep. Um. Da, 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 da. And yeah, that's it for the DC news. A lot of shit. Um, we'll be talking about it, I'm sure, for the next couple of years uh, until the new movie comes out with Superman and, and, of course, The Flash. And we got a lot of DC stuff coming up this year, um, catching up for the COVID times, and and uh, we'll we'll get into all that this year. We're going to stop there because there was a lot of DC news, and I'm exhausted from it. Yes. There's, there's a, to try to get everything together to, for this article to uh, to kind of do a uh, a uh, a whole entire list of everything has been difficult, but. Um, we could have done just a whole solo episode on DC. And we could, we could have characters. Yeah, we, we, we could have done I think a whole I need entire spinoff. I think I need to read some Booster Gold and um, yep, that group there that's like the boys because I feel like I would be right up my alley. Yep. So let's get into the rest of the news for the week. Uh, Last of Us viewership soared again, twelve percent from episode two to episode three. An overall story from the very first episode to episode three, thirty-seven percent increase which is crazy it's word of mouth my cousin word just texted mouth. me the other night that uh she and her husband started it um there were three episodes back obviously they just started it two nights ago and they absolutely love it and he's a gamer but he's an xbox guy so they don't know the story so i'm so happy for them because like we know the i know the outcome anyways i know it's going to happen um which is why i appreciate 
this last episode even more because that was not out of the game. That was a completely new thing. Um, so I yeah. loved it. Um, but HBO now have four different series tracking at 15 million viewers or more per episode. Last of Us, of course. White Lotus, which I've never seen. I know, Chris. I, have you seen any White Lotus yet? I've heard. It's amazing. It just yeah, won the Golden I, I have Globe. Too. My friend Paul told me to watch it, so he's a guy um, I watch love uh, TV talk TV about with. So Euphoria, which I know you've seen in House of the Dragon, uh, which is the yep. top twenty nine million. Uh, twenty nine million with the top, and Last of Us had twenty one point three million, so it's right up there. But so they had a built in fan base, a built in fan base that hated them, but they had a built in fan base. And I think I think with this I think with this last episode of Last of Us where everybody is praising. I know people who've watched The Last of Us that aren't into The Walking Dead or zombies or anything. Yeah, sci-fi. exactly. And I think this last episode is going to turn a lot of people on. So expect a big jump next week when we record and we're going to talk about episode four. If we don't forget it this time, um, there'll be another jump in, <laughs> in, in uh, viewership and we'll talk about it next week, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, it's it's crazy how, how great. And, and, and like Chris mentioned earlier in the episode, um, Stephen King had, had, had mentioned that 10 miles west of... Uh, Boston doesn't really look like. Yeah, I didn't even think about it when I was watching it till I saw the tweet from him, and I saw it. He wasn't even the first person to say it, but I no. saw other people online post about it, and then I saw yep. Stephen King's tweet, and I'm like, he's kind of right. <laughs> um, the Xbox boss uh, also wants the Halo show to reach the same heights of Last of Us. Good luck. Uh, we saw the first season of Halo. It was decent. Um, it was good. It was enjoyable week to week. They also pissed off a lot of the fans of the game. So yes, good um, luck trying I, to get them back. Yeah, uh, and if yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of stories still to be told from the first game from 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 the from the standpoint of of uh, Master Chief. So we'll see. Yep. Um, Avatar: Way of Water became the fourth biggest movie of all time after, and it, and it beat uh, Force Awakens two point zero seven five billion dollars. Um, it also uh, gen- it has generated six hundred twenty three million in domestic. So I was wondering what the domestic takedown comparison was. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's on the same level as what it was with um, the first Avatar. I don't know if uh, the domestic's a little bit lower na- that now than it was back then. But uh, it also defended. It also dethroned the Avengers in the U.S. and, enter- and entered the top ten in the U.S. of all time. Um, yeah. It was also announced that Ona Chaplin, who is a granddaughter of Charlie Chapman, Chaplin. Um, is going to be the leader of the volcanic ash people of the Avatar. We already talked about there's going to be a volcanic group set in, yep. in of the Navi. And uh, they announced the first casting. It's going to be this fire Navi leader in Avatar 3. And there's going to be a big time jump set for the next Avatar as well. Um, Dave Batista doing a lot of press for this new movie that he's, that he's coming out, the Cabinet in the Woods, where the hell it's called, with the M. Night Shyamalan. Um, he was on Jimmy Fallon this week, talked about how James Gunn crafted the perfect exit for Drax in the upcoming Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy film, um, and he constantly relates it to the way he ended his wrestling career. He ended it on a storybook note, it would never go back to tarnish that, and he feels the same way about Drax, he would never go back for a paycheck to tarnish the Drax character as well, so he's saying he's completely done with the character after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 releases. Um uh. Like, you kind of speculate maybe Tony Stark could come back. You kind of speculate characters who have left could come back. This is the first time where I actually believe Dave Bautista will hold it to his word and never come back. Yeah, he's he's always been a man of his word. Um, going back to when James Gunn was fired from Disney, he said, I'm walking. Yeah. So. And, I, and I have a feeling that has a lot to do with it as well, which he, he hasn't said it outright because the movie hasn't been out. But I have a feeling that put a lot of bad taste in people's mouths as far as... Um, 
as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, just the whole James Gunn thing and, and, and everything that went down and how everybody had to stand up for him. But um, It was released today that they're releasing a real-life book in the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Um, Scott Lane's going to be releasing a tell-all book in the movie, and it's going to be about his about his rise to being the smallest Avenger and being this superstar in the movie who ends up being almost like a... Uh, Almost like a TikTok star or a social media star, darling. And he ends up writing the book in the movie. And they're actually going to release this actual book in the fall. Um, Scott Lang, look out for the little guy. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a in-story kind of uh, canon book. They tell a lot of stories about the Avengers. Did Paul Rudd sure. write it? Who wrote it? No, it's it's done by writers of okay. novel writers. But it's going to be a comedic tale, comedic kind yeah. of look. Uh, through the eyes of Scott Lang, but not really. It's going to be one of those fiction stories. But it's, it's pretty cool how they're doing that. Um, the Flash trailer confirmed a debut during the Super Bowl next week. Um, the Marvels also, and I believe I saw Guardians of the Galaxy could have a new trailer. There's going to be a lot of cool trailers next week. Um, Disney related. By the way, when I see you on Saturday, I need to do a little handoff. No! No, I, I, we're gonna we're gonna nope. we're gonna taste test next week these Brock's tailgate candy corn. Nope. That I mentioned back I don't know, a while ago. I checked the date; they haven't expired yet. But they are fruit punch flavored, vanilla ice cream, hot dog, and hamburger and popcorn flavored tailgating. You gotta do it for the Super Bowl, Kevin. Try one of each flavor. That's all I ask, and then you can throw the whole entire bag well, away. First off, fuck you and fuck the Eagles, <laughs> and fuck Patrick Mahomes. In fact, fuck the Super Bowl. It's gonna be. Oh, I'm gonna be. I don't know who to root for. It's awful. It's I a root, terrible situation. I'm gonna root. Yeah, for you, you root for the commercials. I'm, I'm gonna root for the commercials <laughs> like I do every year. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do, Kevin. I fucking hate the Philly. I mean, the Eagles, and I hate the goddamn Chiefs. I don't know. I don't know, man. Your boy Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, he, he retired. Uh, retired twice. Rip. Yeah, he retired on the same day he retired last year. So we'll see him again in the fall. Yeah. Tom, H- Tom Hanks and Robin Wright will be digitally de-aged in a new Robert Zemeckis movie. They're returning again with Robert Zemeckis to do a new- another movie after Forrest Gump. I'll watch um, anything with Robert Zemeckis. They're going to be digitally de-aged um, after this has been 30 years after Forrest Gump. But they're going to use AI-generated gen- generated face for, uh, replacements, kind of like they did with, um, Was, with uh, uh, Luke Skywalker in The, Mandal- okay. in the Mandalorian. Or, uh, Book of Boba Fett, whatever Mandalorian, I guess season three was. Was, uh, was she Jenny? Season two. In yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they're both coming back for the first time since uh, Forrest Gump together, um, but they're going to use AI generated face replacements for the de aging instead of doing uh, CG stuff. So that'd be pretty cool because I know that I know that technology is is getting further and further along where it looks great, um, but it's based off a graphic graphic novel that takes place in New England. Um, it's a, it's a thirty year story, I believe I read or something like that. But it also stars Paul Bettany. Um, don't know much more about it, but we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll get more news about that. Another movie that's coming out, the fourth Bad Boys movie was announced with Will Smith and Martin Martin Lawrence returning to the roles. Um, Will Smith uh, trying his damnedest to get away from that Chris Rock slap thing that happened. Um, so he <laughs> came. So he announced this movie this week. Um, in comic book news, Deadpool is going to have a offspring. A son with the Carnage symbiote. It's going to be called Renesmee. I don't know much about it. 
uh, looked kind of neat and interesting. I don't I don't read too many modern day comics. I haven't read comics in a very long time. Most of my information I get from Wikipedia and the movies nowadays. But but yeah, it looked interesting. I wanted to, <clears throat> wanted to mention that um, Jedi Survivor, the Star Wars game, it got delayed by a month. I believe it comes out in April instead of March now. Um, I know the first game I liked a lot. I'm looking forward to that as well. Netflix is cracking down on password sharing. Starting next month, they're going to be implementing uh, password blocking of people outside of the home. So, Kevin, there's your red flag to uh, stop using my password and getting on my Netflix. Well, here's the thing, Ray. Netflix isn't worth the money to me. But I will pay you the $4 a month they're charging. Or we'll split the Netflix bill. I, I, I say it's not worth it, but I I do watch Shameless. Like I'm watching Shameless now. I've watched Peaky Blinders. I'm watching yeah, well, a lot of cool you're stuff. You're watching stuff it. now that I've already seen. That's on this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll catch up on Shameless, but uh, there's nothing on there for me. Like I'll put on like Seinfeld to fall asleep, and that's about it. But yeah, out of all the out of all the streaming services, Netflix is one of those where you can cancel when you watch something, and and when something like Stranger Things comes back on the air, you can turn it back oh, on for a month. Speaking of streaming services, we mentioned this a few minutes ago, but the guy wants a show based on Halo that's on Paramount Plus to be an equivalent to a show based on The Last of Us that's on HBO. Those two streaming services, one's at the top, and one's damn yeah. near close to the bottom. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, it's uh. Netflix is like good for like the random like documentaries I might watch or like if somebody says check this that this or that out I check it out but for the most part it's the one service you don't need. It's like lunch. You can skip lunch. Yeah. You'll be okay. Every once in a while you have to pick up a lunch just to just to survive or just to exactly. get a little bit of taste but Yeah. Um, but they announced what's going to happen. Pretty much once in 31 days you have to log into your home network on your Wi-Fi, your primary location. If you don't do that they I don't, I don't know what the consequences are. I don't know if they charge you more. I, I, I know they're doing that in different parts of the world, like $3 I think more they, or something. I think they delete your account or something, or they said that you would be blocked or something. I don't know. Yeah, but if I want to watch that. Netflix, if I want to watch Netflix, I'll just go to my parents' house and watch theirs. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not. It's Netflix. They're they're really making a mistake here. I think, I think more so than they Their viewership numbers are going to go down. Their viewership numbers are going to be cut in half. I, th- I I'll, think... I'll predict... That their viewerships, I, I, at first, will be cut in half, and then they'll gradually build up, especially when like Stranger Things comes out. And I think that's what they're relying on is the gradual, yeah, re- rebuild. But that yeah. that huge loss may hurt them more than they think. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, also, speaking of streaming, uh, Universal NBC had a free Peacock tier where you can watch Peacock for free. Um, for and for New Year's users, they completely uh, deleted that. So there's no more free tier. You have to pay for Peacock for uh, four uh, five ninety nine or four ninety nine a month uh, for ads and nine ninety nine a month without ads. Yep, I um, remember when they put the Psych movie out. People on my Psych page on Facebook were freaking out, and I'm like, just sign up for a month of it because it wasn't on the free tier. I'm yeah. like, it's five dollars, and they're like, not everyone's made of money. And I'm like, it's five dollars. Yeah. Like what the fuck? And Peacock has a, Peacock has a lot to offer. It's one of those. Uh, oh. Unsung I love their I love their offerings. Yeah, has has the office. It has all the a lot of comedies, but it has all the wrestling archive stuff too. Every time I do <clears throat> attitude air rewatch, it's all in Peacock. Um, and of course, um, Psych. Psych. Every episode the of new, Psych. The on new there. Ryan Johnson show is pretty good. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're doing good. I ha- I have had some issues with their app. Um, like I'll go from like 
because they play football games. So I'll be watching an episode of Psych and go to the football game, and the sound from the football game is meshed in with the sound, the continuing sound of Psych as if I was watching both. And it's really annoying, but I just have to restart the app and it's fine. Uh, just little things like that. The layout's not great, but as far as content goes, it's pretty up there as far as I'm concerned. I got one more streaming thing to talk about. Then I got one more thing I want to bring up that I didn't write in the notes. Um, Showtime and Paramount are going to merge, so they are removing things from from Showtime. Um, they they've removed American Gigolo, which is the new John Bernthal show that it was just canceled. Yep. Um, Let the right one in, and a few other shows were were removed from the Showtime, and, and they're going to be. I don't know if they're going to be moving to Paramount Plus or what, but uh, yeah, everything's changing over there as well. I signed up for YouTube TV. Have you, have you fucked with YouTube TV at all? Uh, n- no. We've used it at work before, but that's about it. Um, in the kitchen, one of the guys has YouTube TV uh, subscriptions, so we used it in the kitchen. Sixty four ninety nine a month. Pretty good offering. I believe about 100 channels. Lots of local yeah. channels. Um, I, I got it so I can watch wrestling. It's probably one of those things where I'm going to cancel it in another month because I don't watch it enough because the only thing I got it for is wrestling. And I watched Raw last week. Um... We'll talk about it a little bit. Raw after Rumble and what happened in the Rumble. Um, it was kind of decent in Rumble this year. Um, the storyline with Roman Reigns I'm really interested in, which I didn't think I'd ever say I was interested in a Roman Reigns storyline. Yep. What's happening with him and Sami Zayn has been pretty good. Um, and it's setting up some sort of a WrestleMania showdown, but who, who knows what will happen or, or a pay-per-view showdown. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm... Uh, I still have YouTube TV for now, so we'll see. We'll see how long <laughs> I keep it. Um, Dexter New Blood season two officially canceled. Um, there are they have they do have their eyes on a prequel series centered around the yes. young Dexter. And I know you know a little bit more story about the young I Dexter. Put this in the notes. Um, I put it right for the Showtime thing to kind of keep things like in order. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this is a bad idea. Yeah. First of all, doing Dexter without Michael C. Hall is a terrible idea. He is incredible. They also show a lot of his younger years in flashbacks during the show. So this would probably be him. I believe on the show he mentions that the first time he killed someone, he was in college. So I'm assuming it would be from like his sophomore year of college. Okay. And maybe like going on. Because until that, he was just torturing animals. Um, but I think he says in the show his first kill was when he was in college. I can't be 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and Dexter Newblood would have been awesome because they were doing a really good job till they messed up the ending a second time. It was still a better ending. Um, but they shouldn't have killed the character at the end. Of, like it, They had an out to where the, they should have filmed like two endings depending on how people were feeling because everyone was watching it. Like Dexter fans were back into Dexter again. Like Game of Thrones fans were back for House of the Dragon. Um and people were excited that there might have been a second season with Dexter still involved, and maybe he'd get away from New York and go like down south to Texas or whatever. Um, but I just don't think this is a very good idea to do a, a prequel series. But obviously, I'm going to watch it. We'll see. Yeah, uh, you're not the first one that said that. I've heard say that this week. So. Yeah. Um, King of the Hill, another revival coming to Hulu. I believe they're also doing the Futurama revival as well. Yes. Both both shows I've never seen an episode of. So. Uh, you've never seen an episode of King of the Hill? I don't think so, ever. You know what's funny about King of the Hill is, uh, Bobby, Bobby, well, yeah, but Bobby the son 
is a big comic book fan, and there's uh, episodes where you see uh, the comic Invincible on his bed. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, Which is a great show you need to watch for season two, so we can, like, talk about season two. Okay. It's okay. eight episodes, hour long. It's an adult... Basically, it's an adult Saturday morning cartoon, and it's a lot of fun. Nice. Um, Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery... Became the most streamed movie in a single week during the first full week on Netflix with 2.9 billion minutes watched. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Logic, the rapper, released a music video called High Life, directed by Kevin Smith this week. Um, yep. If you've seen the, if you've seen the uh, music video, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes reprised their roles as Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, they film in, in, in front of the quick stop and uh, yeah, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Um, nice. Cool clerks and movies and a whole bunch of cool stuff from the Kevin Smith universe. The Askew universe. Um, Amazon's The Boys outperforms all of Marvel Studios' Disney Plus series to become 2022's most watched superhero program. Good. Uh, Boys, Boys is awesome. I love I the love Boys. that show. A lot of people love that. Oh my god. His heel turn, or I guess it really wasn't a heel turn because he was a heel the whole time, but his, I guess we'll call it his Trump turn mm-hmm. when he played the Trump card at the yep. end of the last season was incredible. And I love Homelander and Anthony Starr and James Gunn. You should be looking at him for one of your little projects. Yep, definitely. Um, Annie Wershing, um, known for her, her role in Star Trek Picard, which I haven't seen. She was in the lead in Timeless. But she did the voice of Tess in the original Last of Us yes. game. She, she died she... the same week that Tess dies in the show. Yep. She did the voice of Tess and she did die. She had cancer. She was 45 years old. And she um, continued to work with cancer. Yep. She got, I think she's worked on like three or four different projects since she was diagnosed in 2020. Yep. So RIP and also another death, Lenny Poffo, uh, brother of Randy Savage, Macho Man. Um, Probably the best jobber in the business and he was also an incredible manager. Yep, he passed away today. Um, what a wordsmith. Yep. Uh, E3. PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo all announced that they won't be attending the E3 Electronics uh, Arts Expo, where they do all the video game news for the year. E3 has gone further and further away from uh, mainstream, uh, where all these all these groups, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, are doing their own type of uh, conferences and, and streaming announcements and stuff so they they've kind of separated themselves from all that so uh after covid that kind of got ruined um kind of like reminds me a lot of comic-con where comic-con has gone away from that as well and finally in news we mentioned it last week but they finally announced who was going to play michael jackson the anton Foucault biopic um and it's going to be his nephew jermaine's son jafar jackson um i i still don't know how they're going to do this movie I just, there's so much to come. Like, if it was a if it was a miniseries, like six hour and a half episodes or eight hour episodes on HBO, I feel like would be a better route. But this is gonna be a tough. Have you seen thing the videos? Have you seen the videos of this kid acting like Michael? Yes, I have. I, I have no incredible. problem with the casting. I have no problem with the casting. But just in general, the idea of this movie happening is gonna be tough to do in three to three and a half hours. Let alone I if think, the studio wants it less than three. It's I think the story gonna be tough. By the looks, by the looks of the kid, he's Michael Jackson during the thriller years. Yeah, I definitely. have a feeling. I have a feeling the story is gonna be revolving around his rise rather than everything else. It'd be kind of it'd be kind of weird to not cover the older stuff and the newer stuff when he was in, in the Jackson Five, um, especially when he definitely. 
the pigment of his skin gets lighter and lighter and lighter until he becomes a white woman in the 2000s before he dies. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know how they're going to tackle I think they said the it was going to cover... I thought they said they were going to tackle, like, everything. Well, they're not going to hold back, is what they said. So, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked out for the Elton John biopic. But yeah. there wasn't as much shit as far as him having to overcome racial stuff when he was younger. Um, the stuff that happened with his manager, I think, will be... Inv- in, I don't know. There just seems like there's so much of it to cover in such a short period of time. The kid looks like I mean, young. The kid looks like young Michael. Oh yeah, identical to young yeah. Michael. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. And to I mean, see this could be do. like this could be like uh, Ice Cube's son playing Ice Cube, and uh, yeah, yeah, and he's actually a better actor than Ice Cube is. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it worked out well for him. <laughs> yeah. well, that's it for news. So let's get into the Attitude Era rewatch. Ron's War, February 2nd, 1998, live from Indianapolis, Indiana. The show begins with D-Generation X standing at a podium holding a now iconic press conference. From the hours of 9 to 10 p.m., we will only use the words ass, damn, and hell. We will, however, never use the words or any other sexual or racial slurs. When I had the VHS of the D-Generation X, they had that yeah, whole entire thing unedited. <laughs> they had the whole entire thing on, yeah, Suncoast Video. They had the whole entire thing unedited. Edited. It was really cool. I was um, probably with you when you bought it. You probably were. You probably were. <laughs> that and WrestleMania 14, I bought those two at the same exact time. But uh, Yeah, I was definitely with you when you bought it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania tickets went on sale that morning before this Raw. And you've mentioned it before, but yeah, they went on sale for a very brief time. It has already been a history-making day in the World Wrestling Federation. This morning in Boston, all the available tickets in Boston were sold for WrestleMania in approximately 90 seconds. Fucking assholes. Two minutes, all the available tickets for WrestleMania in Boston I should have been there. Yeah. Fuck you. Kev- Kevin missed out on that because everybody, everybody <laughs> I, else did too. I'm not. I'm not gonna be one of those people that said, you know, like Bruce Richard always says, I was there. Um, like apparently there was five hundred thousand people that saw the Montreal screw job because everyone claims they were there. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. being one of those people. I'm just gonna be bitter until I die. Yep. But after the intro, after after everything, Dex come down dressed in patriotic uniforms as Uncle Sam. Holding signs saying Tyson versus Austin, and Uncle Sam wants Tyson versus Austin. Um, Sean and Hunter are proclaiming that the world wants Austin versus Tyson, getting the crowd to chant them, let them fight, let them fight. Um, and then Steve Austin comes down um, to an eruption from the crowd. Um, this is the first time Austin and Gene Generation X have stood face to face, and uh, I have a little clip of that. 
appreciate the fact that you support the fight Austin versus Tyson. I appreciate the fact that you're out here to promote that because Stone Cold Steve Austin can damn well beat the living crap out of Mike Tyson. But the fact of the matter is, when Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble, that means whether I fight Mike Tyson today, tomorrow, or whenever, Sean, it means your ass belongs to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll tell you this, whether it happens at WrestleMania, whether it happens today or whenever, that damn belt is coming with Stone Cold, whether you like it or not, I really don't give a damn. Stone Cold Steve Austin can beat anybody's ass in the world. And that's the bottom line, because I said so. Man, you can feel the intensity here. This is intense. This is now you see what you were missing that whole time? Yeah, I got chills watching this whole entire segment because Austin was... The minute he comes out, the crowd just goes bananas. And it's just... I remember the times of me watching in 98, 99, 2000 when Austin would come out and get the same exact reaction. And I, and I would just... I was just a kid at the time going nuts when I see Austin come down. It was just amazing. Yep. The rest of the show, basically, is Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. Um, I'm sure you remember this, but Chainsaw Charlie, Cactus Jack is a match that happens. Um, Chainsaw Charlie comes down with dumpsters full of objects to use. Um, Mick Foley comes down with a bigger dumpster, one that one that you, they use for a dump truck. Um, and they end up bringing chairs and tables and stuff filled in these dump in these dumpsters. Um, and while Mick and Terry Funk are fighting, Mick does a flying elbow from the Titantron into one into the big dumpster, and the outlaws come out. While the two are dazed inside, they lock the lids of the dumpster and throw the dumpster over the top of the ramp. 15 feet below onto the concrete. This sets a whole entire an entire back locker room to come out, check on Mick and Terry. Vince comes down, the backstage officials come down. You see shots of Terry Funk flinching and twitching in pain. Um, an ambulance, you can hear an ambulance and uh, siren somewhere in the back. Um, both are being picked out of the dumpsters and they're put on gurneys. The crowd looks on in shock. Um, great dramatic segment. Wrestlers are yelling at the outlaws. Um, at one point, um, Funk, uh, uh, not Terry Funk, but uh, Flash Funk is yelling at the outlaws, trying to attack them. Made to look like a real-life situation where the outlaws went in for themselves. A lot of backstage wrestling lingo was, was put into this match, into this segment as well. Um, very cool. They're sent out in an ambulance, gone to a hospital. Um, second hour starts with Owen Hart versus Billy Gunn. Owen visibly upset from the segment in the hour prior, and he takes out his frustrations on Billy Gunn in the match. During the match, DX come down and help the Outlaws beat down Owen Hart and proceed to attempt to throw Owen from the top of the ramp onto the concrete before the officials come down and stop that and prevent another accident from happening. Um, and they pull them all apart. Um, throughout the show, breaking news phone calls are breaking into the broadcast 
for the announcers. Um, with medical updates about Terry Funk and Mick Foley done by Michael Cole. Being live from a local metal medical facility. Uh, Michael Cole, our broadcast colleague, uh, left, uh, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, about yeah, a half hour word from him. About a half hour or so to go to the hospital. Michael, are you are you back with us? All I can tell you is that all hell, the hell is broken loose here. What? I mean, I really can't tell you what is going on inside the ER. It's some sort of disturbance. There's medical personnel, the doctors, and now I can see police have been called in. I'm a bit too away. Police have been called in. I'm going to try to get You're a little sick. bit closer. Come on, let, let, Break me, it up. I can't let me get it here. There's heavy security here now. The condition is obviously grave now. What? I mean, all we're, we're losing our, we're losing our, our signal. Michael, we're, Michael, can you hear us? Apparently we have lost, what is he talking about? There's, he said the condition's why, grave and there's security and police all are, over the place. Why are police in the emergency room? So one of the first times when the Raw has been interconnected through the very beginning to the very end with a complete story, this whole entire Terry Funk and, and Mick Foley thing has taken over the whole entire segments of the show. Where each match had to do with with repercussions from that, where Billy Gunn and the next match, Road Dog versus Steve Steve Austin, that's where the night ends. Um, Austin is set on a rampage that the audience is eating up; they're cheering the fuck out of him. The end of the match, DDX come down and they team up once again tonight to beat down Steve Austin with the out with the Outlaws, um, wrapping him up in the ropes as HBK is taunting him with the title in his face, saying this is the closest you'll ever get to this belt. Um, as the night ends, an ambulance can be heard outside of the arena. Terry Funk and Mick Foley come running down to the ring with hospital gowns and slings. Terry Funk still connected to an IV and save Austin from being tied up in the ropes and being being five on one. Um, they save Austin, chase DX and the Outlaws out of the ring and into the backstage as Raw goes off the air. Great fucking Raw. Great segment. Great connections. You get that soap opera feel. Soap opera feel. Very, very, very trying to get that reality, reality feel at the time. Definitely Vince Russo. <laughs> you get the feel of <laughs> Vince Russo to this, but it's an awesome show. Um, I would have loved to see this when I was a kid, but um, I know that sets up a dumpster match at WrestleMania with the Outlaws and uh, Fairy Funk and Chainsaw, so we'll, um, Mick Foley. So we'll get into all that in eight weeks. we got eight weeks left of Attitude Era rewatch, and... Thank you for listening to our show once again. Lots of D- D- DC talk, lots of uh, wrestling talk this week, Last of Us. So thank you. Um, we'll continue. We'll continue our Last of Us talk next week, and we'll, we'll probably have some more follow up on DC news, I'm sure. So in the meantime, happy birthday to Kevin. His birthday is this weekend. Oh God! Don't turn in, me. Turn in the big four zero. I'm be turning forty in the end of the year, so I feel you. Uh, we're getting old, Kevin. We're getting old. Yeah. Nothing yeah. says getting old like continuing a podcast on episode sixty three going on sixty four. So yeah, yeah. I think What's I pulled th- my back just walking today. It wasn't good. Just walking and just my back started hurting. It. Just, yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm young and vibrant. I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace out, later, guys. <laughs>